Wednesday, July 12th, and welcome back to Damon Bruce Plus. It's great to have you here again. Thank you for joining me. It's wonderful to see you. So many old friends, new friends, new names hopping into the early bird chat group that we have before the show even starts. I see Chef A has officially uh, joined the party. Chef Amy wrote me one of the nicest letters of my entire career a year ago and sent it to the old station. I'm glad that she showed up. I'm glad that you've showed up. I see Stacy Leo in there already hitting the like button before the show even starts, which is a strong move. You might not even like this show today, but we'll try and make it a good one for you. Welcome once again. And man, what can I tell you about Rob Manford that you don't already know? Everyone seems to have a very clear understanding of who this guy is as a commissioner. He's really like basically every other commissioner, no more than a shill for the owners of this sport. But he is not a caretaker of the game. He is not a guardian of how precious the game is seen by so many people. He's certainly done nothing to help the city of Oakland try to find its way through the John Fisher A's situation. And that has been pretty much put on full blast by an article that has appeared this morning in The Athletic written by Ken Rosenthal that basically said, look, Oakland's mayor flew to Seattle to meet with Rob Manfred on Sunday, the very first time the two of them have been in a room together. I mean, that just shows you how disingenuous any effort to try to make things work in Oakland from the top, from the commissioner's office itself. It just shows you how disingenuous the entire thing has basically begun. And she went there not to make some last-minute appeal to keep the A's in Oakland, although I'm sure there was an element of that in that meeting. She basically went up there to set the record straight and to say that, you know, basically he's been gaslighting the city of Oakland uh, and blaming the city of Oakland for the A's stadium problems is misinformed at best and an outright lie at worst. And there is no doubt in my mind that an outright lie at worst is ob absolutely a place where Rob Manford is comfortable operating from. An outright lie to get him through his job in a smoother capacity is exactly what Rob is looking for. You know, this man has erred about as much as a major commissioner could ever err. He has disrespected the sport, the elements of cheating attached to the Houston Astros, the way that he went about adjudicating that, the way that he gave everyone involved basically a free pass to tell the truth that was a truth we knew before he even went and found the truth. I mean, it was a massive scandal that he tried to make disappear with no penalty, no cause. And it was in that moment you knew that this was a commissioner who didn't ever really have the game of baseball anywhere around his heart. The business of baseball, like the Great Wall of China, surrounds his heart. But that's it. All he cares about is the business of baseball. The game itself, he obviously doesn't care. I could be a better commissioner of baseball by by just two actions. Watch this. We're returning all baseball games to the normal rules of extra innings. We're getting rid of this ghost runner on second. Now the games are coming in under three hours routinely. Ta-da! I'm already a better commissioner than Rob Manfred. Watch this. I'm going to get even better. My second initiative. Next year and from now on, players will wear their teams uniforms in the all-star game not an all-star game uniform 
Ta-da! I've just done a better job as commissioner of Major League Baseball in two sentences than Rob Manfred has done in however long he's been the commissioner of Major League Baseball. I'm already better at it than he is. Good Lord. There's very few things that we all agree upon when it comes to anything these days. I mean, getting 65% consensus on anything is next to impossible the way that people have just divided their thinking and I can't agree with you because I don't like the color t-shirt you're wearing. Uh, your ideas might be great, but the color t-shirt you're wearing means I can't agree with you. I mean, that's where we are in this world. 100% of everyone polled has decided that all-star game uniforms suck. Just wear your home team uniform or your away uniform. And that tapestry of uniforms is literally part and parcel of the magic that the all-star game continues to lose. It was great to see the National League back on the right side of the ledger last night. Of course, a Colorado Rockies catcher was named MVP, just like we all had. Just, I mean, who wasn't thinking about, you know, guys catching for the Colorado Rockies being in the center of major happenings all baseball season long? Congratulations to Diaz. He deserves it. But that was among the least forgettable or, or most forgettable, least memorable all-star games of all time. It really was. And that's too bad. And I'm not blaming Rob Manfred on that. I mean, baseball happens. You can't guarantee an exciting game. You know, results are not guaranteed. You can only put a game on. They put a game on. Wasn't a great game. Was a low-scoring game. Was it entertaining? Moments. But they were far and few between. And uh, for the most part, it, it's going to go down as a totally forgotten all-star game when it is all said and done. Yeah, let's just be totally honest. And I'm not mad at that all-star game. I didn't dislike the all-star game. I hated the uniforms, and I'm just here to tell you as a big baseball fan that there's a lot of things that we're going to rem remember in our sports lifetimes, and and that that ain't one of them. That, that's not one of them. What I do want to get into, though, is uh, the story that Ken Rosenthal wrote in The Athletic, and I want to read some of it right to you because we're going to be talking about Oakland's mayor going up there to try to you know, uh, appeal to the, what, sensibilities of Rob Manfred? That's probably not going to happen. Anyway, Rob Manfred writes in The Athletic, Oakland's mayor presented the commissioner with documented evidence of her city's plan to build a new ballpark. She also addressed the possibility of Oakland potentially bidding for an expansion team. A's owner John Fisher's lack of spending and whether she wants to see the team sold. Coming to Seattle to meet with Manfred, that was important to me. I wanted to see him face to face in person. This is our first meeting. And like right there alone. How could this possibly be the first face-to-face -face meeting? And Rob Manfred, in any way, shape, or form, says that he's tried to save Oakland as a market. He hasn't even bothered to meet with Madam Mayor yet. She had to go to him. She had to initiate it. He probably wouldn't have put it on his schedule. That just shows you how disingenuous this whole thing is pretty much shaped out to be, uh, shaped up to be from the get-go. The question was for Madam Mayor, what if the A's leave for Las Vegas and Major League Baseball ask you to bid for an expansion team? She said, if they do leave for Nevada, then absolutely we would welcome that conversation around an expansion team. I believe that Las Vegas is suited for an expansion team and the Oakland A's should remain rooted in Oakland with its strong fan base. 
The franchise has been here for over 50 years. That's my first take, and I'm going to keep fighting hard for it. I'm not going down quietly or easily. I mean, Rob Manfred is already talking about expansion, and he's curtailing it by saying, now we'll get to expansion possibly, but once we have the stadium issues in Oakland and Tampa Bay settled. Look, that is the wrong way to go about it. And I hope, if nothing else, what we're learning through this is that the desire of Oakland to possibly reach out for an expansion team will allow them to sue John Fisher to retain the rights to the team name, the team's history, and the team's uniforms. Honestly, John Fisher's done such a poor job managing and running the Oakland A's that if he were to go somewhere and take his team to Las Vegas, a a couple of years to reset the meter for the A's isn't necessarily a bad thing. Maybe a rebranding without being a new brand is exactly what the A's and the city of Oakland need to drum up that interest in baseball again. Although I do believe that drumming up interest in baseball could be found just by John Fisher selling the team to someone who wanted to keep it here. And there are several parties who want to do that. Look, John Fisher's never going to do the right thing for anyone involved. Just him. That's it. He doesn't care about the city of Las Vegas that he's about to screw over. He doesn't care about the city of Oakland. He doesn't give a rip about diversity. He doesn't give a rip about anything. He doesn't care about winning baseball games. All he cares about is owning a baseball team so he can triple its actual value, which it's already happened. So he needs to quintuple, quadruple, whatever. He needs to, uh, I, I guarantee you, he sells the team within five years of moving it to Vegas. Right? I mean, he's just looking for the biggest profit margin that he can find. That son of a bitch. But there you go. We officially now have Madam Mayor on record that she is interested in an expansion team if that's what's going to happen. What is your view of the criticism that not enough fans show up to A's games? And this is something that Rob Manfred has tried to tout as reason why they got to go. And she nailed it. She says, I think it's a huge disservice to claim that with uh, to, to claim that with the understanding that there's been a tremendous underinvestment into the team itself. Obviously, when there were investments into players and teams, we did see many fans populate the stadium. It's a two way street. You can't divest from a team to make them one of the worst teams in the league. The fans know it. The owners know it. Everyone knows it. And then be expecting a strong fan base as well. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. And what she left out is not only did this guy gut the team down to its bare bones, they doubled season ticket prices. They begged their fans to not come in the most easy to see way possible in the world. There's no room for interpretation as to what the goal of John Fisher was. John Fisher's goal was to scuttle interest in his team and take the most diehard fan and shit on them so unbelievably hard they had no recourse left but to just decide, I'm not going to that anymore. In your mind, what does Oakland have that Las Vegas doesn't? And the mayor says, well, you know the market share. 
That's number one, our beautiful weather, and not just that, but Oakland's diversity. I know it's one of the core values of Major League Baseball to actually continue to diversify its fan base. Leaving Oakland for Nevada doesn't help prove that point. Keeping Major League Baseball in the A's in Oakland and rooted in Oakland, that's how you diversify your fan base. Oakland is one of the most diverse cities in the whole nation. The weather, the fan base, the diversity, and obviously we're not talking just about a stadium, but it was upon their request, real estate too, residential, commercial, whereas in Vegas, you only have nine acres of a supposed stadium in close to 100-degree weather. So again, the major construction project that you wanted around your stadium, Oakland has that, and that's what John Fisher should care about. That's what baseball should care about. Let's be completely honest. Major League Baseball would go ahead and reinstall the concept of slavery to the United States if it meant more money for Major League Baseball. No team, no sport, no owner, no anyone actually cares about diversity more than the bullshit t-shirt that they can sell you. I've said that for years. Every single initiative, Pride Night, Gay Night, This Night, That Night, Taiwanese Night, Filipino Night, uh, Irish-Italian Heritage Night, none of that matters. That's a T-shirt they're selling a sucker. None of that matters. Major League Baseball can't claim to ever care about diversity if it leaves the city of Oakland. And honestly, it doesn't care about diversity at all, even if it stays. Let's be totally honest. Major League Baseball shits on diversity. All sports will do that if given the opportunity to. They don't care. They're just trying to make money and do business. If they can do more business plopping down into a 100% white America, abandoning black America forever, baseball would do that. Quit pretending. Quit pretending anyone here gives a rip about an underserved community. They only just want to overserve their billionaire owners as much money as humanly possible. Diversity. What is that, an old wooden ship? God almighty. Ah, that feels like it might have qualified for the sip of the day. There's bad faith negotiation going on, and I don't believe that bad faith was on Oakland's part. Oakland was trying to go through a very complex and difficult negotiation with an owner who never showed up to actually meet with a commissioner who has never met the mayor of Oakland until she basically cornered him in Seattle on Sunday. There's no good faith element to be found in the A's, John Fisher, Major League Baseball, the commissioner, anywhere, anywhere. Major League Baseball might as well be Dave Chappelle in the Prince skit with his boots on the white couch saying, fuck your couch. That's that's Major League Baseball and how they've handled the city of Oakland. They're just stomping on the couch. Pretty gross. So, you know, save the A's, sell the team, all that shit. Nothing's going to save them now. They're gone. They're gone. You can tell that baseball wants it. The owners are going to push it through. They're going to ramrod this thing into a situation that's going to screw over Nevada eventually. John Fisher's not going to go changing his stripes the way he operates. There's no public amount of pressure that Vegas demands a winner that he's going to give a shit about. Not at all. Not at all. Um, 
It just sucks. The entire thing sucks. Talking about an expansion team. An expansion team should be given to Las Vegas. What are we even talking about here? This all came out of the All-Star game up in Seattle, which we've already said, look, it wasn't a very memorable All-Star game other than the fact that the National League snapped a nine-game All-Star game losing streak. It was a 3-2 game, so there wasn't a lot of thumping. There weren't crooked numbers. Basically, All-Star games are so dominated by outstanding starting pitching and closers masquerading as just middle-ending relief pitchers that All-Star game... They should cancel the home run derby because you basically have to hit a home run to score in an all-star game these days. Rockies catcher Elias Diaz, a two-run home run, has him named MVP. I doubt there was a single bet that he was going to be named the game's MVP, and if there was, it came in with huge odds. So congratulations to you. All bets are action. We got a low-scoring game. We had two Giants pitchers appear in the game, Alex Cobb and Camilo Duvall. They both threw scoreless innings in the winning effort for the NL. Again, those, those uniforms all need an awful lot of work. And, and here's the deal. Like, even the American League uniform, which was bad, was at least better than what was the pajamas that the National League was wearing. Was that a navy blue top on black pants and a tan hat? It looked like a dad dressed to go to... To, to Lowe's more than it did hearken to these are the greatest players in, in, in baseball. They didn't even really look like a softball team. They look like a dad going to Lowe's. Um, Alex Cobb doing a little recruiting of Shohei Otani on the Giants behalf. I saw an article by uh, Angelina Martin on NBC sports saying that, uh, Look, when asked about uh, all the, you know, come to Seattle chance that Shohei Otani was getting, Alex Cobb basically said to a Seattle reporter, he's not coming to Seattle. Ichiro's already got a stamp up here. He needs a new place. He's coming to San Francisco. <laughs> so maybe Alex Cobb did some recruiting of Shohei Otani. If he did, that's outstanding. I, I hope he did. Uh, Cobb was able to face his ex-teammate. As uh, he made his first all-star game appearance in the fourth inning, he gave up a leadoff walk to Otani, then retired the next three hitters. Otani was the hitter that Cobb wanted to the face the most. And he said that he was one of his favorite teammates to ever play with. Uh, said that there is nobody that he's ever been around who wants to win as much as Shohei Otani. Uh, I would love to say that I want to win as much as anybody, but he is willing to do anything to win just watching in awe of everything he did and how good of a person he is and how humble of a person he is. It makes it really, really special. That's Alex Cobb's scouting report of Shohei Otani. Well, let me tell you, if he wants to win, getting out of Anaheim's got to be job number one. And we'll really see whether or not the Angels are going to check the box of we're bad at this twice. It's one thing to completely squander Shohei Otani as a player that you control. It's another thing to completely squander Shohei Otani as a resource that you could allocate to making your entire farm system better. So they're basically, if unless the Angels trade Shohei Otani, they're going to waste him coming and going. Nothing says you're bad at this then what did you do when either Shohei Otani was on your team and you've never even had a winning season with Shohei Otani and, and Mike Trout in the middle of your lineup? You never even developed a winning season?
much less go to the playoffs? That says something. And then if you're also the franchise that lets him walk for nothing, well, that's pretty much why you're the franchise that couldn't win with him. You don't know how to win with him, without him. You just, you, you, you don't know how to win. The Giants better remember how to win and do it quickly when baseball starts back up again on Friday. Baseball in its second half begins on Friday, and the Giants open their second half with a season-long 11-game road trip. Uh, three at the Pirates starting on Friday. By the way, that game's going to be on Apple TV, so get ready to hear a lot of people bitching about, where, where is this game? I can't find it. It's going to be on Apple TV and KNBR. Uh, four games at the Reds, and they're hardly a pushover these days. The Reds are, you, you better bring a bat to Cincinnati. So you better wake up the bats in Pittsburgh. You better get those bats to Cincinnati. Then you got three, so three at the Pirates, four at the Reds, three at the Nationals, and then one game in Detroit to make up for a, what, a rainout, I guess, earlier in the season. So Giants better step into this season with a little bounce in their step because they got a big road trip right off the rip. And that is going to be a place where this second half either starts with something really, really impressive. Like you got an 11 gamer. Do you go, do you go eight and three? Do you really make noise on this road trip or do you have a ho-hum or even worse than ho-hum road trip? And all of a sudden you begin your second half by cozying up right behind the eight ball to begin with. So big 11-game stretch right out of the rip. I mean, it's a big 11-game stretch for everyone coming out of the All-Star break because what you think of yourself as a buyer or a seller will probably be determined in the next couple of weeks if you're on that that balance beam of trying to choose between both right now. And I do believe that the Giants kind of exist there, although Farhan should have it in his mind that he's going to be a bit of a buyer just because this team has played itself into the team that looks like it should be a bit of a buyer. Here at the deadline, you know, you got a halfway decent team. How do you make it better? You make a trade. Duh. There you go. Go play some baseball. We'll see if the Giants actually do it and get it done. I saw a story today that made my San Francisco heart hurt. And I'm not I'm not a big beer guy. I'm a whiskey guy. When it comes to drinking, I'm much more of a brown liquor cocktail kind of guy, gin and tonic kind of guy if I'm off the brown liquor, going to a clear liquor. I'd rather it be gin, never vodka. Uh, I'll even go a little tequila at the times. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do like a good beer. And the good beer that I usually like when I'm out in San Francisco at a bar or at a restaurant, I always order an Anchor Steam. I love Anchor Steams. No more steam beer brewed in San Francisco. Anchor Steam announced today that they're shutting down their business, not just the tap room, but the brewery, after 127 years. Ouch. That sucks. That hurts. Story today in the San Francisco Chronicle said that the brewery is losing millions of dollars a year and that the anchor spokesperson, Sam Singer, said economic pressures have made this business no longer sustainable. There's no steam coming out of the brewery now. The brewery's 61 employees were notified of the shutdown early this morning. Their tap room will continue to operate through the beginning of August, possibly longer, but Anchor Steam's done. 
I used to love the seasonal beer that they would put out around Christmas time, and they've been doing that since 1975. That's my entire life. The city of San Francisco is without a beer that is the city's own beer? How? Like after 127 years, and I understand that it's funny economic times and the pandemic changed a lot of things for a lot of people. And um, uh, they, they sold themselves to Japanese brewery, uh, brewers Sapporo. But Sapporo's come on in and not saved a thing. It's not been the, the, you know, the, the safety net that a struggling company fell into. Not even close. Sapporo purchased Anchor in 2017. The company was already in the red, according to this story. And the revenue is down by two-thirds since 2016. Anchor Steam sells most of its beer through bars and restaurants. The brewery attempted to expand its retail distribution, but was unable to break through in a big way. In other words, they probably overextended themselves trying to be the West Coast version of Sam Adams. It didn't really work. And that's where an awful lot of the profit might have been gobbled up or the ability to continue doing business kind of vanished in that choice. And it sucks. It sucks. You'd think that they'd been on property long enough to have basically paid for the property and they have to employ people to brew the beer and then sell the beer. And how much money could all that be? I don't know. I don't know the, the you know the, the economics of brewing a beer, but you figure after 127 years, most of the stuff was paid for. What a shame. What a shame. I mean, Anchor Steam is a straight-up San Francisco institution. I loved, loved that beer. So what? I guess, I guess the closest thing we have now to a San Francisco beer is Lagunitas. Lagunitas, I've been to their brewery up in, you know, the, the North Bay. It's a great brewery, great place to go for a lunch. But it's not in San Francisco. That stinks, man. I mean, that hurts. And immediately, you know, this story comes out and everyone says, doom spiral, doom spiral. It's San Francisco proving once again that it can't sustain itself as a city anymore. And this is Mayor London Breed and defunding the police and all that stuff. No, that really isn't connected to any of this. Now, maybe sales are down because nightlife and bar business in San Francisco is down across the board. But there's one thing that I can promise you for sure. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. San Francisco is taking its sweet time to come back, but it's all going to come back. There's nothing that's ever going to stop San Francisco. Not a pandemic, not a downturn in business, not the Nordstrom's closing down, not a Whole Foods leaving the city. Nothing's ever going to shut San Francisco down. We've got our problems. There's no doubt about that. But there is nothing that's ever going to stop San Francisco. There isn't an economic downturn. There isn't a 10.0 magnitude earthquake that's going to stop San Francisco. The city's not going anywhere. And if everyone who wants to be a pussy and get out right now goes ahead to leave, go. Get out. Get out. This town is amazing. This town is special. And I'm tired of hearing everyone just try to down dog San Francisco. But stories like this don't help. And that really sucks. That really sucks. Look, business everywhere is harder to do these days than it's ever been before. 
I mean, layoffs are happening everywhere. There's no amount of success, apparently. Anyone can be afforded to have obtained and be safe from being laid off if you work for an element of corporate America, and corporate America is just in slash and burn mode. You know, it might be rippling through journalism faster than it does in other places, but boy, the ripple is being felt, and you can see it everywhere. Speaking of business, have I thanked my sponsors yet today? Because that absolutely needs to happen. Let me tell you about Ike's. Let me tell you about a delicious sandwich that I want you to go ahead and put in your mouth today. Use the Ike's app to order a sandwich. You'll be happy that you did. It is an outstanding sandwich. Whatever you might want, whatever sandwich feelings your heart leads you to believe me at ike's they have one with your name on it they actually literally have one with my name on it i'd suggest that's a great place for you to start your ike's journey get yourself a damon bruce today you'll be happy that you did get yourself a burger and uncle boys if you're in the mood for a burger you want to talk about a san francisco institution well we just lost anchor steam make sure we don't lose uncle boys go give uncle boys your business they could really really use your business give them your business they will give you a burger and you will be happy get the lumpia get the onion rings support local businesses Ike started as a local business, ran it so well, it's expanded. Uncle Boy's is a wonderful local business. Make sure you help them stay in business. Make sure you fill your belly with a delicious Uncle Boy's burger. Get the onion rings. Try the lumpia. Believe me, Fat Boy knows. And believe me, as I was telling you about the brown liquor that I liked, there's no brown liquor I like more than blackened whiskey. They could literally say, Damon, we're not doing business with you anymore. I'm still going to have a bottle of blackened whiskey up on my bar forever because it's that good. It is fantastic. The price point works. The whiskey itself is versatile. It works in so many different ways, different cocktails, neat, straight, on the rocks, however you want your whiskey. Get yourself a bottle of blackened. You'll be glad that you did. Talking about just downturns and business not being the same anymore. Again, Ray Ratto did, he wrote an awesome article in The Defector. And it was about the dying American sports desk. You know, it's happening across newspapers. It's happening in the LA Times, New York Times. And the story that Ray wrote basically begins at Bruce Jenkins' retirement party. Longtime San Francisco Chronicle columnist Bruce Jenkins has retired. There was a retirement party, and I guess Ray showed up to just, what, spread Ray's special brand of cheer through that retirement party. And, you know, the theme was, and, and by the way, Bruce Jenkins, salute, brother. Enjoy your retirement. Well-earned, well-deserved. Bruce Jenkins is about as cool a gentleman scribe as I've ever met in a working press box. I love Bruce Jenkins. Great guy, great writer. Wish him nothing but the very, very best. And basically, he was telling everyone that he picked the right time to get out. He picked the right time to get out because, you know, he's a guy who's been around a newspaper so long, he remembers when it was good to be at a newspaper it's got to be very sad for those ink-stained wretches, and I say that with all respect, to watch what's happening to their own industry. You know, it's, it's very sad to, as a broadcaster to see what's happening to the broadcasting industry. breaks my heart to see the way people are being treated for no reason at all, no real reason at all. 
you know, the amount of heads being lopped off is not going to save a significant portion of money for any of these companies really doing it. They're not. It's just selfish greed. And no one is better at documenting corrupt and selfish greed from the top than my old pal, Ray Ratto. And I just want to read to you what Ray wrote. And that's how we're going to wrap up today's show before we get into Club Plus. Ray wrote that basically all media is now desiring its new workers to replace their current workers until it can trim off the new workers too. The most cost-effective boat, all things considered, is no boat at all. And nobody will remember the business thugs who did the deed because they thrive like faceless hitmen. They might remember some of the people that they read and enjoyed and learned from, but that's not what the newspaper is anymore. It's just another way to explain late-stage capitalism. Eating the people who do the work and replacing them with fewer and cheaper ones. Retirees from this industry no longer have the choice of just in time, but only varying stages of too late. And Ray is so right. You know, Ray and I were both very, very good at our jobs. We were paid like we were good at our jobs, which we afforded throughout our robust careers to get to that point to prove to everyone how good we were at our jobs. We proved it with the number one rated sports talk show in Northern California. And then that was replaced by cheaper. I won't say less talented because I don't think that Mark Willard and Dan Dibley are less talented, but they ain't Damon and Ratto and they certainly work cheaper than Damon and Ratto did. And so that's why the show is theirs now. And I would caution them, regardless of their success, to go ask for another penny. Because every single person, no matter how good you are at a job, a corporation looks at you as nothing more than a price point. And if they can do the same business at a cheaper price point, that decision, it might not be made today, but it will be made tomorrow. There is no golden watch and retirement with dignity afforded anyone these days. How quickly can we blow out a properly paid, experienced employee and replace them with a poorly, play, poorly paid, inexperienced employee? That is essentially the business model that all industries are now implementing right now. And it's gross. And that is why I am very happy, even though it's in its humble, growing stages, not profitable stages, not able for me to say, don't worry about it, Jillian, I'm going to cover the mortgage. But I'm in the right place. I'm in the right place because anybody in the world can now come find me and slowly and surely indeed they are. I'm in a place where you can come and find me and use me at any point in time that is most convenient for you. And let's be honest, that is now the only way people are consuming media when it is convenient for them. You're not going to tell me when the show starts. I'll start the show when I need it to. It's how people go about their entertainment business these days. 
So you can't do that on radio, but you can certainly do this on YouTube. And there's no doubt in my mind that I'm in the right place. It might not be reflected in my bank account this year or even next year, but years after that, there is absolutely no doubt as this thing continues to grow and expand and I am not working for anyone that could ever do a thing to say, all right, Damon, that's enough plusing. We're going to replace you. I'm finally in the one place that I can't be replaced. And even though that is a scary ledge to stand on because it's not very profitable yet, it feels good. It feels really good to know that you're in charge now of your own destiny, not some nameless, faceless, talentless pencil pusher who just wanted to do math for a living. And the only math that they're interested in doing these days is subtracting. They're not adding. I'm going to go and have an anchor steam a little bit later on today. I suggest you do as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. It was awesome talking to you. If you're just listening on the podcast, that means an awful lot to me. Thank you so very, very much for supporting myself, the show, my family, everything. If you're supporting me and supporting my sponsors, you're supporting everything right now, and it means an awful lot. Thank you very, very much for doing so, and please do remember before the rest of us here on YouTube slide into Club Plus that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.